0: living learning and loving are all experiences that affect each one of us at one time or another the three l's hosted by myself rachel Ann dine licensed professional counselor is here to help you navigate life in a down-to-earth and realistic way one podcast episode at a time be well and live learn and love to the fullest Hi, welcome back to the 3Ls. So to be honest, I've gotten quite a bit of positive feedback about one of my previous podcasts on the six non-negotiable traits of a relationship. So I feel like relationships is kind of one of those hot topics that just never goes out of style. So I, I wanted to hop back on today and talk a little bit more about the aspect of being in love and being in a relationship and some of those traits that can be a little bit of a red flag, just something for you to to really consider and think about. So I know that obviously when you first kind of embark or start in a relationship, it can be really easy to overlook certain patterns and behaviors that come up because you're excited. Maybe this is your first relationship in a while. Um, you've been single for quite some time and then you've got this seemingly great person showing you attention. Um, you know sometimes it's easier in the beginning to just overlook certain things, uh, then on the other side, on that more scientific, <laughs> whether you know it or not, when we when anyone first starts seeing someone else, there is an influx of oxytocin and dopamine that just start flowing through your brain. Um, and oxytocin has also been. Uh, described as the cuddle hormone that comes out. It's the positive feelings, the sense of security and love. Sometimes new moms and babies feel that. That's how they bond. But guess what? It's also how, as adults, sometimes we bond with our partners, especially in the beginning. And not to mention that ever-present, very important little dopamine uh, that important dopamine, that important chemical dopamine that starts flowing and dopamine, believe it or not, is also the same chemical that's triggered in addiction. It's our, our happy, our, our happy chemical. Um, so if you know, all of these things are going on. You first started meeting someone, not only is there kind of the loneliness void that gets filled, um, that shiny new person effect that happens. There is literally the scientific biological process that goes on. Not to nerd out too much on you, but the oxytocin and the dopamine do start flowing. And if Your own personal level of self-love, self-awareness on what you're looking for in a relationship hasn't yet been established. It can become a lot easier for you to let certain things go. Um, that maybe after being in the relationship for a while you realize huh maybe this this isn't something I should have let go. So I want to help you recognize if someone is not treating you the way that your lovely self deserves and if we need to um, make some changes. So let's start by me encouraging you to look back at your life and really evaluate those romantic partners that you've had. Where were you when you were with someone? Where were you mentally, emotionally, and or physically in that stage of your life? Um, So one thing that you may learn from your own previous experiences is that who we choose to share our lives with can either lift us up to a higher place or encourage us to kind of remain stagnant and or just unmoving just staying where we are and where we are mentally emotionally when we start dating someone or get married to them is very important because when you're your you know healthiest self um you're emotionally, you feel really confident and intact, it really closes the door on accepting less than what you deserve from other people. So it does matter. I mean, even personally speaking, I think in my younger days, those relationships were definitely not the healthiest, but it's also because I hadn't really maybe achieved that level of self-awareness or become super concrete and looking for those non-negotiable traits that I knew I absolutely had to have in my life. So I encourage you, evaluate previous relationships, um, reflect on either based upon previous experiences or on just knowing who you are as a person, I want you to reflect on what you need from your current partner. And I'm talking the whole gamut. So traits, their personality type, their morals, religious beliefs, political beliefs. I mean, everything. Um you may find that some are much more important than others. And I'm not telling you that when you make this list, your person is going to be, you know, whatever your ideal physically uh, kind of ideal type would be. I, I really want you to dig very deep and think about on that extremely kind of just deep level, what is it that you would need? Do you need comfort, compassion, um, empathy? Do you need a great conversationalist because you really benefit from words of affirmation? I highly suggest that you sit down and take the free the five love languages quiz by Gary Chapman to find out what your love languages are. It's super helpful and it's free. It's actually kind of fun to take, Uh, but I am, you know, a sucker for a good quiz. And this one is, you know, researched and empirically validated. It's not going to tell you, you know, if you're a nacho cheese or a slice of pizza, it's one that's goes a little bit deeper. So check that out. Um, But consider, go ahead and just consider what it is you would need from a partner. And then I want you to think about what do I bring to a relationship? I want you to get super acquainted with your positive traits because when we start to build that foundation of really knowing what you bring to the table, your value, and your worth, once again, it shuts that door on accepting less than what you deserve, So yeah, I want you to always have this reminder of who you want to be, who you are, and stay so true to your core self. If you know that you want to bring confidence to the table in your relationship, to your life, then remember, remind yourself of this when you're dating that new person or trying to make changes in your current relationship. Um. So consider that. What do you want from somebody? And then on the flip side, what do you want to bring? What do you already bring to the relationship? You can even take this a little step further by literally sitting down and writing out ways that you can either maintain or increase the desired qualities that you want to bring to a relationship. I'm putting a lot of emphasis on what you would want to bring, because honestly, that's that's the only thing that you really have in control um, is yourself. So let's let's really hone in on that and be super clear with what are the traits that you want to bring. Um, if you do want to bring more confidence to your life, to your relationships, then. I want you to think about how do I do that? Do I try to start seeing a therapist to understand where the lack of self-confidence comes from and establish strategies for increasing it? I really want you to to, um, think about what you can do. And I'm just using the confidence level because I think it's something that many people want. So Take note when you do get a chance to either mentally reflect back on or sit down and literally writing and you literally write out a list of what you want to bring to the table and just do a deep dive, perform an evaluation of the traits that you've listed about yourself and the person who you want to be with. Do they match up? Um, if you listed being honesty as a trait that you really want your potential significant to other other to have or your current partner to have are you also honest in your life because I think that's the other part if if we're kind of not living the qualities that we want our spouse to have how can we necessarily expect that other person to bring them to the table um So maybe you're currently dating someone and you're unsure if this is a good fit for you. Maybe you're married to somebody 10 years into it and you're struggling to make it work. Um, there are a common couple common themes that I've really seen over and over when I work with couples, um, that I, I, wanted to create this podcast to share with you these are really the identifiers of traits that will not further a relationship and instead sometimes hurt the relationship Um, but sometimes it's not until we're able to step out of that relationship that we can kind of reflect back and see the red flags that were present in the beginning or are currently present um So before I jump into those examples, I want to also share that for all different kinds of reasons, people enter into and stay in unhealthy relationships. Um, And when you're in something, sometimes it's harder to realize the level of dissatisfaction and unhealthiness that the relationship has gotten into. And then other times, despite maybe knowing that something's wrong, people can become a little comfortable with with what's happening. It becomes the new normal. And maybe there's this assumption, well, all relationships have some unhealthy qualities, so why even bother finding someone new? Yet, contrary to that belief, And if that is your belief, I want you to know that there are healthy partners out there. There are people who will help you be that best version of yourself. Um, You may have to get real patient with staying single for a little bit before finding that person. But patience when choosing your partner. Life partner is so worth it. It's so worth it. I would much rather anyone spend time cultivating self awareness, engaging in self exploration, versus settling for someone or even something, we can generalize it, that is less than what you deserve. So you're worth it and you absolutely deserve happiness. So um, if you've been struggling with your relationship or you feel like you could use some quick reminders on what unhealthy relationships sometimes look like, I want to go ahead and just jump into in some of the most common themes and examples I've seen surface over and over again in the counseling setting. So this first example is one that can either happen over time or if it is happening right now, Or even from the start of your relationship, this can definitely be a major red flag. So let's just say that life gets busier and busier and you start to talk to your partner less and less. And then before you know it, you're not even considering each other in important decisions. Um... So then on the flip side, I always think about kind of new, newer relationships where all of a sudden one person tells the other that they've decided to move away and there's been no consultation with the other person that they're dating on this life-changing event. And um, this is usually a telltale sign to either... Potentially try to hash it out, um, so you can have a sense of peace, or let the relationship go. Um, I, I especially apply this to couples who've been together for a while, in knowing that. A partnership a relationship is literally just that it is a true partnership so if you're not kind of consulting each other with important decisions whatever that looks like for you and your person so if it's buying a new car if it's getting a dog um, you know wanting to have a baby but the other person is not on board or they are just unwilling to talk about it you know i i always liken it to this You you wouldn't decide if you were in business for yourself you wouldn't just up and decide to sell your half of the business without consulting your business partner first so why would you make in your the most important relationship in your life your romantic relationship why would you go and make a life changing decision without at least mentioning or talking to your partner about it. Um, it kind of goes back into one of those non negotiable traits that part of being in a in a healthy, sustaining relationship is respect. And when you respect your partner, of course, you want to hear their thoughts on a situation and. They're kind of your sounding board and vice versa. So always consider that if the conversations have stopped about making important conversations or they were about making important decisions or they've the conversation has never been there in the first place, this is potentially a red flag that your relationship may not be on the right track or going in that right direction. So... Bottom line, what you do when you're in a relationship will have an impact on your partner. It's just how it goes. It's hard to live, eat, sleep, and breathe in the same home as another human being who you love without each of you affecting one another. So, super important to be on that same page and uh, practice the open communication if the communication has kind of died out. This is potentially a big issue. The second example, although slightly similar to the first, is a little bit different in how it plays out. And this one is geared more towards neither one of you just communicate with each other. So whether you feel kind of left out from your partner's life because they're so busy, um, maybe instead of communicating openly about how you feel or wanting more quality time with them, you decide to just up and leave for a three week vacation from your partner, hoping that that's going to jar them into missing you or wanting to create more time for you you know, at the root of it, this is kind of that passive way of handling a situation. So it's avoiding the issue of feeling left out or not included in your partner's life and kind of taking the passive approach. I will just leave for a week, um, with my girlfriends and hope that it gets better. I am just going to tell you that ultimately The healthy partnership, a healthy partnership, is definitely based upon respect, concern, and truly open communication with one another, not avoidance of the difficult topics. Um, If you don't feel able to communicate with your person about how you feel or they don't communicate with you, then this is going to be either a very short-lived relationship or a long-lasting yet unfulfilling relationship where maybe you just don't ever feel that your needs are fully being met. So practice setting aside time to sit down with your partner either in your home or a neutral place, maybe a couple's counseling office, and open up discussion. If you don't express how you feel, then one, your partner, if they are still emotionally invested into the relationship, they'll never know your level of unhappiness or dissatisfaction or the changes that you want seen. And two, um, any kind of vulnerability, which we all know is so necessary for relationships to grow and flourish, it will be stunted if that communication is not open and in place. Um, at the root of it, when you communicate with your partner in those healthy relationships, your partner's going to really listen to you. And I ideally, they will take into consideration what you're sharing with them um, and try to maybe make those healthy changes to have the, the healthy relationship that has open communication. So if you do think that communication is kind of an issue in your relationship, I suggest either um, seeing a couple's counselor or practicing your communicating with that person by just some quick tips, using your I statements, I feel unfulfilled, I need help with this, um... The second would be practice easing into what you need to communicate about. So I do a lot of techniques from the Gottman Method, which they have a couple books out. It's very good. It's Julie and John Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N. They have both researched couples. That is what they've dedicated their life's work to. And so they talk about when you ease into... A conversation that could be perceived as potential criticism—it's practice the softened startup approach. So, acknowledge—you know—it's almost even that sandwich approach, acknowledging something positive and then leading into whatever your kind of grievance is at that time. Um, if you two have a communication style that borders on loud, hostile, aggressive. As soon as you feel your blood pressure rising or feeling that sense of verbal aggression peaking, it is time to take a break. Um, physiologically, the Gottmans kind of found out it takes 20 minutes to fully biologically de-escalate from a tense situation, so... Um, you got to have that cool down time. Once you get into that heightened level, no resolution most often takes place. I mean, if you and your partner ever have gotten into an argument, I want you to reflect back on it. Were voices raised? Did you feel at peace? Did things simmer down? Or did it take both of you taking a break and then revisiting the subject? Um, I'm going to probably argue for the most part, it takes that cool down period of about 20 minutes and then the key part here is to circle back and finish the conversation with the open communication with the i statements um and using that softened startup so you go into the topic not aggressively or in a hostile or sarcastic way but just kind of head on so The third kind of trait that I've seen that can negatively impact a relationship is one of those habits that you may have picked up from watching your own family of origin communicate. And that would be you don't fight fair. So in any relationship, romantic or platonic, there are always going to be times where you flat out just don't agree with your other person. Yet, There is a skillful approach in fighting fairly. If there is name-calling, constantly bringing up events from the past, there is a total shutdown in communication, giving each other the silent treatment, then those are all traits that indicate to me that you are in the thick of not fighting fair, which goes into traits of being in an unhealthy relationship um, conflicts are always going to come up. It's just a part of living. One person's going to be grumpy in a bad mood. It may trigger an argument. Somebody may get fed up with something. We should go ahead and learn to accept that conflicts are part of healthy relationships, but learning how to resolve them in a manner that's respectful and fair is key to a healthy relationship success. Um, If you have kids, then they learn from watching you and your spouse on how to communicate amidst the heat of an argument. So learn to fight fair. Listen attentively. Allow your partner to speak. Think before you speak, even if it takes um, voicing I need a second, I need to take a deep breath. And stay in the here and now. If you're constantly going back and revisiting um, those old arguments, there's a good chance that it's not resolved. And that maybe needs to be brought up with that softened startup approach on trying to gain resolution. Um, But... That's also can be a good indicator to maybe go sit down if you're at a place where you feel like you need a mediator and see a relationship counselor to kind of learn more tools on fighting fairly because I know this is just a brief snippet of so many other strategies that can be implemented. But maybe it's time to just check in with somebody about that. So this fourth example is one that I always think should be kind of a given yet I just hear about it. I see about it way too much um, to not bring it up. And that is if you are cheating on your partner or they're cheating on you, this is definitely an indication that you may be in a very, no, not that you may be, but that you are in an unhealthy relationship. So. I've always been of the mindset that if somebody is cheating on you, if you're cheating on them, it's ultimately trying to feed some sort of void that's in your relationship or a void within yourself. Um, So I want you to go back to that list that I asked you to make originally on the traits that you desire for your relationship and the traits that you want to bring to the table. And I can almost guarantee that no one is going to write cheating. On either one of those lists so keep that in mind Um, we all know that when people are unfaithful it happens for all kinds of reasons but it's definitely up to you to establish your boundaries surrounding cheating and then communicate with your partner early on what would happen if you found out that they were unfaithful to you what do you define as cheating or infidelity? Um, would you ever give your partner a second chance if you discovered that he or she had been unfaithful? Is this one of those non-negotiables for you? It's going to be different for everyone. Sometimes people have little caveats. If it was like emotional cheating, maybe they're more apt to let it go. If it's physical, it's a done deal no matter what your stance on it is, it has to be your stance. I don't want you to take like what your mom's telling you or your best friend. You have to be super honest with yourself on what is your non-negotiable when it comes to your partner being unfaithful to you. Um, and I I would also encourage if you're cheating on your partner, it's time to really look in at yourself. Is there a void that you're trying to fill, Um, whether in yourself needing some extra sense of validation, some attention, getting that feeling that you, you know, still got it? Um, I've heard all kinds of reasons. So think, consider that. Consider that. If there's any kind of infidelity going on, on in the relationship good indication that something is amiss. so then last but not least and I'm going to keep this one short and sweet and actually do a separate podcast all about this topic but if there is any kind of abuse present whether it's emotional physical financial mental this is not a healthy relationship um Abuse can manifest itself in so many ways from being super controlling, jealous, possessive, to name-calling, to physically striking. Not one form of abuse is going to fit every situation. Um, And sometimes the abuse is much more covert than it is overt, which can aid in the person's confusion, whoever is receiving it. But in no way, shape, or form, is any kind of abuse an indication that the relationship is in a healthy place um so whatever that experience may be for you if you are going through that now if you ever have been This is something to pay attention to. Um, Your partner is only going to change if they see that there is an issue with their behavior. No matter how bad we wanna hope and wish away changes for our partner to make, this is applicable to any unhealthy behavior. Um, No change is gonna make if that other person doesn't recognize that something is unhealthy and have the desire and the gumption to take the change. So I tell you that to empower you um, that no matter what, it's you have only control over yourself and your relationship. But I'm hoping that with a couple of these guidelines on some of the top unhealthy traits of a relationship, it will empower you and kind of give you some sense of knowledge on where to go next, whether you feel you're in a relationship that's a dead end, or you're just seeking more knowledge on traits to watch out for. Um knowledge is always power and I am so grateful that you listened in today. Relationships are one of my favorite topics because they are so complex and dynamic, always changing, um changing for the better, sometimes changing for the worse, but with that being said, I always hope that you live, learn and love to the fullest. And don't ever accept a relationship that is less than what your beautiful self deserves. So once again, hope this was helpful. Give me a shout on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Rachel and Dine Counseling. If there's a topic even pertaining to relationships, um, something unique that you would want me to kind of target, I'd be more than happy to. So you guys take care and I'll look forward to the next time. If you've liked what you've heard today on the three L's, there is plenty more coming. Feel free to subscribe, like, and share. And also give me a follow on Rachel Ann Dine Counseling on Instagram, where I will also be sharing polls and asking you, the listener, for what you want me to talk about, questions that you may have on living, learning, and loving through life, and just general information. So thanks so much for listening, and I can't wait for the next episode. Music